0: what up America Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio coming to you from a uh, beautiful sunny Southern California all those east coasters like oh, LA it's says that uh, what uh, 80 degrees okay we can kind of host the Super Bowl there right not too shabby not too shabby we're uh, live in Radio Row where uh, um, it's quiet as a church mouse here but soon to pick up Eric Dickerson will join us a little bit later on the show. So, too, with the great Icky Woods and Barry Sanders, who I almost blew off, didn't know he was standing there trying to talk to me, and I was doing my Wordle. I was doing my Wordle today, and I'm down to my last two, and I got three of the letters, and I don't want this to be the first Wordle I don't get. And and, and they're like, uh, uh, Doug, uh, Doug, uh, Doug, uh, and I look up, and like, oh, it's Barry Sanders there, you know, the greatest running back of all time who we share an alma mater with. So anyway, the great Barry Sanders will be joining us a little bit later on in the show. we got a lot to get to. I think the most curious story of Super Bowl week has already come, and it hasn't gone, but it's just kind of looming out there. And I'll give you a basketball analogy it reminds me of in a second. So yesterday, Dan Beyer, who is our sleuth, Social media detective. I mean, he's all about the gram. It's really hard to get him to do his job. Anytime you hear us go to Dan and we can't yeah. get Dan, it's because he's posting on the gram, or or on Snap, or on uh, on Twitter, TikTok, TikTok is very very big yep. TikToker. He knows all the the dances. I do have a TikTok account. There's just no
1: videos. On right.
0: It. He just does it to see other people yeah. do the Macarena. Yep. That's it. Right. And that that's so Dan's very big on, but our social media sleuth apparently Kyler Murray pulled the Arizona Cardinals. The follow of the Arizona Cardinals off his IG and his Twitter handle as well, which, of course, perked up everybody's information. Uh, everybody's attention, excuse me. Everybody got was like, whoa, whoa. And, and this reminds me, if you watch the NCAA tournament selection show, and I got a chance to do it for four years at CBS, there's always, we call it a Sunday surprise. There's always a team like, I didn't have them in a field, and I haven't even just thought of discussing that. How did that? How did Tol- Tulsa got in one year? How did Tulsa, how did Middle Tennessee State, it's almost like they took a, listen, we need a team that nobody's talking about just to screw them up, just to screw with Joe Linardi, like just, just throw one in there to go like, how'd they get in there? This offseason in the NFL, much like the previous two offseasons, only maybe this season kind of on steroids, is feels like it's going to be the quarterback movement Offseason, And look, we had Phillip Rivers move from the Chargers to the Colts going back two years ago. We had Jameis Winston move from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the Saints two years ago. And then as a backup, and then Drew Brees retired. He became the starter. And, you know, we had Tom Brady two years ago. Saved us during the pandemic. Nothing else to talk about. We had the last dance of documentary about a 25 25- basketball story and Tom Brady switched teams from the Patriots to the Buccaneers also two years ago so we have had off seasons two years ago was probably the most quarterback movement of big name quarterbacks we've ever had but this has been built up to be the offseason of movement much like we've seen in NBA offseason years in the past Aaron Rodgers obviously the biggest name we don't know. Does he want to stay in Green Bay? He's throwing out the retirement thing. In order for him to move, he has to be traded. Would the Packers even even be open to trading him? Would he force his way out? Would they trade him to anybody? Does that have to be an AFC? There's a lot of That's just Aaron Rodgers. With Big Ben retiring, with uh, Tom Brady retiring, now there's two more starting positions that are open. And there will be more quarterback movement. Plus, you have Russell Wilson, who wasn't happy last year. And, of course, the Seahawks have come out and said, we want to hold on to Russell Wilson. Last year, it was Stafford. He changed teams. We had some other movement as well. This year, it could be, again, could be Aaron Rodgers, could be Russell Wilson. And then you start to look at who else could be moved. Doesn't feel like Cousins. Doesn't feel like Matt Ryan because of the money that they're owed. But it's not crazy to think that those guys could be on the move. It's not crazy to think that somebody like a Deshaun Watson could be moved, right? Deshaun's still sitting out there. But we've all talked about Deshaun. We've all talked about Russell Wilson. We've all talked about Aaron Rodgers. Have you heard anybody say, hey, maybe Kyler Murray could be moved? Or maybe Kyler Murray wants to force his way out? Has anybody heard that? But then it kind of all sort of makes sense, right? When you factor in the cardinals finished poorly and kyler murray and we point out and you're you're listening to a guy who was we got the we have the receipts october of his final season at ou playing quarterback i was the first one to walk people through why he should absolutely play football football was actually the b- better financial decision than baseball even though people think that baseball is a better financial decision i'm a kyler murray fan and yet Could Kyler Murray either be forcing his way out or could they be moving him? Does he know? Is this a contract negotiation? You know, it's the old clear clear out your office or I'll give you the one that everybody relates to. If you're ever negotiating for a car, you know, those are the things that used to be on car lots that you used to be able to negotiate and used to say, I'm not paying sticker price. Now they want sticker price plus because there's no inventory. But you used to be able to go, hey, I know that's not what you're actually paying. It's not even the invoice. There's the holdback plus the rebates and all the other stuff. You used to be able to negotiate your car. car. And now I'm not talking about online. I'm talking about actually going and having an account. And the most powerful move you can make in car negotiations is to walk out the door. Right? To walk out the door. Is that what what Kyler Murray's doing? You know, cleaning out his office, walking out the door, if you don't want to negotiate a long-term contract extension. But, again, I want you to think about this. The last time we saw him play football, it was against the Rams in the same stadium that's going to host the Super Bowl, and he looked awful. He looked lost. He looked overwhelmed. Did he look that way because he thought the team's not good enough, the coaching isn't right? Or are they down on him because he's just too little and not good enough? And in that moment where he's pressured, he did in fact freeze. Whatever happened, whatever happened in the wild card round, whether he got exposed or Kingsbury got exposed or they both got exposed or the franchise got exposed, whatever it was, despite the fact that their win totals have gone up, 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 up there's clearly some unrest there. And the Sunday surprise has to be, you know, I never thought about this, but maybe they move Kyler Murray. Right? My brain started working overtime as I'm driving home yesterday talking about the Kyler Murray thing. Like, hmm, he's kind of a Texas legend. Texans need a quarterback. What about the Texans? Huh? Carolina needs a quarterback. What about Carolina? Carolina. Miami might need a quarterback. They have a new coach. What about them? It's just, it starts, your whole brain starts, or could he do baseball, leverage it for baseball? Probably not, but at least it's a small percentage chance possibility. The Kyler Murray story, kind of like the Tom Brady retirement that got completely overshadowed because of the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit. The Kyler Murray story is soon going to get caught up in the whitewash of the Super Bowl. But, man, it's sitting out there. And I got to tell you, that was not the name or not even one of the top ten names that I thought would potentially be moved in the offseason. And now you got to add it to right? Like last year, I'm not sure we saw the Jared Goff thing coming from Matt Stafford. But when you thought about it for a second... Sean McVay, who never criticizes the individual players. When they lose, it's always about the coaches screwed up and the players are great. When they win, it's always about the players are great and the coach. The only guy that, that you could ever say he criticized was Jared Goff, right? And it did feel like there was something there, but the trade happened really, really quickly. Look at Kyler Murray and start to look at how poorly he played down the stretch, how lost he looked whether it was disinterested or disheartened or another word that starts with the letters d i s whatever it was someone right with that team someone right with kyler at the end of the year and then he pulls pulls uh, he unfollows the cardinals on ig and twitter which is a very nba way of saying i'm not happy but it definitely resonates and it definitely makes you think he could be our surprise quarterback on the move At Gottlieb Show is the Twitter handle. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up, uh, the Doug Gottlieb Show uh, page on Facebook or on Instagram as well. To answer your question, I don't know what Kyler's doing. I don't know if he's negotiating. I don't know if he wants to be moved. I don't know if he doesn't like management. He doesn't like the offensive line. He doesn't like the coaching staff. He doesn't like the scheme. I don't know. I just know that these stories all have a similar start. When a player is unhappy, and usually part of that start is he unfollowed either a coach, a teammate, or a team, and then shortly thereafter he was moved. Um, Okay, speaking of quarterbacks moving, would Tom Brady, who, let's just be honest, he might be the NFL's MVP, he had a pretty good year. If he's quitting, it's not because he's fallen off the proverbial cliff that people thought. Could Tom Brady come out of retirement? We'll get to that upcoming next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug
1: Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm -mm -mm. So Tom Brady's got his podcast called Let's Go! I don't know. I've, I've actually never listened to the podcast, but I do. And I think of Tom Brady and the Let's Go. That's no. how I think it should be relayed, right? Let's go!
1: I think of it as the cars. Let's go. Like that way. Not did, as let's go. Did you
0: guys hear, see the, the ESPN? They changed the get up with the exclamation point to just get up? No, I didn't. Yeah, it used to be get up, which is like, get up! And now it's like, get up. In months, <laughs> it'll be like, hey. What do you think? Maybe you want to get up?
1: Yeah, question mark. <laughs> you know, get up.
0: and then there'll be like snooze button. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tom Brady's let's go podcast. He said, quote, you know, I'm, I'm going to take things as they come. He told uh, Jim Gray.
2: We got sound, right?
0: Um, OK, well, oh, there is. I, I do. I forgot. I, I missed that little thing. This This is this is Tom Brady.
1: You know, I'm just going to take things as they come. You know, I think that's the best way to put it. You know, you never say never. You know, at the same time, I know that I'm very, I feel very good about my decision. So I don't know how it feels six months from now. Change, it most likely won't. You know, I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment, which I did this last week. And again, I think it's, not looking to, you know, reverse course. I'm definitely not looking to do that. In yeah. the same time, I think you have to be realistic that you never know what, what what challenges there are going to be in life. Again, I love playing. I'm looking forward to doing things other than playing. That's as honest as I
2: can be with you, there, Jim.
0: Yeah, I, I look. I think he's being really honest and he doesn't know how to feel. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll point this out. I he's different than any other retired quarterback, right? For, for Brett Favre, when Brett Favre retired, right, um, he had wanted to retire or thought about retiring for like the last, the previous five seasons. But when Brett Favre retired, he went to back to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and he hopped on his tractor. And that's one of those things that, you know, your country guys say all the time, like, man, I'm going to go fish, I'm going to hunt, I'm going to do all these things I want to do, and then like, okay, well, what are you going to do next week? Right? When Tom Brady retires, his wife is the highest paid supermodel in the history of the industry. And she ain't been doing bubkiss during the fall for the last decade or so because she's been taking care of the kids while he plays football. So even if Tom Brady did say, like, hey, you know, I kind of miss it. I kind of want – trust me, his whole life is going to be preplanned because she will have things to do, and it will be literally impossible to – you know undo those things additionally his kids are a little bit older so now they're in legit sports and he'll have he'll have those sports to attend i just i think the idea that tom brady is like any other retired athlete this is different this is unique he played longer than other people at that position and his wife is far more successful than just about any other wife and it's not like they just got married Right? Like they've been married a long time and he, these kids are older. so it's a, it's just a, a different deal. Yes, Jason Stewart.
2: Can I take you through the chronology of things and let me know if I'm wrong, right? So uh, we got the the misreport or the pre-report on the Saturday prior to by Schefter and uh, Uh, and Darlington, Darlington, right? right, And then he didn't acknowledge on his podcast that he was doing it two days later on his podcast. And then the day after he had an IG thing where he had 16 pages of Instagrams and didn't mention the Patriots on one of them, right? Uh, And then has this kind of wonky, clumsy, like, uh, uh, shout out at the Patriots. Along the way, with uh, with reposts and whatnot, right. and now a week later, he's never saying never. It's like it's, it just seems like such a strange, clumsy retirement. Does not it? A little bit. I
0: I would. There, there's part to it. Again, I don't think he wants to retire. I think she wants him to retire. I think that's a that's exactly a big thing, it. right. Mom ain't happy. Nobody's happy. Um. So I, I mean, I think that's part of it. I also think that as much as Tom Brady likes to position himself as this incredibly enjoyable, lovable, wonderful human being, which is, does appear to be true. When you're in the spotlight for that long and you feel the spotlight dimming, it's a very weird feeling, right? Got it. It's a very weird feeling. And so I think there's a little bit of a need for attention on it. Like I think like the free agency thing, I think I'm sure he'd like that attention
1: yes yes well i i just peyton manning had a personality where he could go and do his things and have a peyton's places and like that was a i don't want to say it's a natural transgression brady we found out has more of a personality but there just isn't i don't see that natural way to to where he could make that next you know next move into that i saw a guy tweet that maybe he could get into coaching, and I didn't know if the tweet was a joke or not. So you know, but I think it you know was, no, was heavily he, heavy heavily ratioed. But yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough transition because just of how good he is. I, I don't know if you'd want to be an NFL owner. I don't know if that's anything that you know that would be something that Peyton Manning is obviously interested in. I don't know if Tom Brady is interested in. I don't know if there's anything else that Tom Brady's interested in other than maybe football. I don't know if Tom uh I I don't know if
0: Tom Brady knows what Tom Brady's interested in, right? It's like it's a whole kind of new life. I I do think that the fitness, the TB12, like that stuff, he's got his new clothing line out, but but the the problem with that one is it is such a different world in terms of business and it's you know, when, when you're a quarterback in the NFL, you make a play. It's either the good play or the bad play, right? There's a there's a definitive success, and the results you find out immediately. You find out after every play. You find out after every series. You find out after every game, and then you go back and watch what you did right and what you did wrong, right? When you're in business, in the real business world, the, the results are much more delayed, and the gratification is much more delayed, and you're building towards something. And it's just a very different energy, and there's a different level of fulfillment to uh, to it to you. I think in terms of emotionally uh, going through it. So it's yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know what his thing is going to be, and he there's a little bit of Kobe to him in that he was so all in on the process of being great at his sport that there's just not the bandwidth to have any other true interest. You know, like well, what else are you interested in? Like well. You know, I play football, and I train, and I eat right, and I got my kids, and I got my wife, and who has to—I don't actually have time for anything else. Now you have—all you have is time. That's all you got. You got time on your hands. So there's a little bit of boredom. There's, you know, the—you're not getting the same kind of dopamine into your brain— Like it's a weird thing to go through, and oh yeah, by the way, you're looking at yourself. You're like, I'm 44 years old. I'm in great shape. I should be able to do anything I want, and I can do it. I can afford to do anything I want, but I don't actually know what I want to do. And if I like that, it's a very weird thing. Stuck Alib show here on Fox Sports Radio, and um, uh, this guy is one of the great personalities to ever play in the National Football League. Of course, uh, he was an All-Pro back in 2000, famously with the Saints, with the Rams, and with the Chiefs, and uh, now he's an advocate for uh, for cannabis, uh, the cannabis industry, and of course, he's got a, a, a venture with a brand called Revenant MJ. He's Kyle Turley. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate y'all having me.
0: Oh no the pleasure pleasure is is all mine. What is it like? We we're just talking about Tom Brady retiring. What is that first year like when you're not playing football? You're not part of a team, your your first year kind of on your own, what's that like?
2: No I I have no idea what it's like for a guy like Tom Brady. <laughs> I know what it's like for everybody else. And uh you know there there's uh there's a, a, a very rough adjustment. Uh, I'm sure he'll go through uh yeah, much of it, but majority of guys don't get to walk away like that. He's walked into the sunset here, man. Uh it's a it's a gimp at best. And um you know he's a quite fortunate uh person, you know.
0: Yeah, no, there's there, there's there's no question about it. Um, I actually want to ask you about about the, the the Bengals as it relates to the Saints. Like, what I think people don't remember about the Saints, a team you were a team you were uh, you were drafted by in the first round, is when you got there, they were still the Aints, right? Like that was a franchise. And I, I, I think they might have won one playoff game before you got there, right when you, when you were there, one playoff game. Like this was a, we think of the Saints now as Sean Payton, Drew Brees, always in it, seemed to get robbed in, you know, playoff time with a call here, call there. What was that franchise like when you got there?
2: Yeah, we we were we were the ain'ts. Uh They were still had the, the the you know the garbage bags, uh, the brown bag heads, uh, <laughs> and we we were the team. The first playoff victory in team history in 2000. Uh, it was uh, you know an interesting situation. Uh, we could have won a Super Bowl, in my opinion, with uh, Jake Do-Home. Uh You know he ultimately played in the Super Bowl and he beat us in St. Louis with myself and. Cam Cleland and Leroy Glover, are, you know, up in St. Louis with the Rams. And then uh, Jake beat us, went on to Super Bowl Carolina. Um, you know, we, we, we probably could have got there sooner. But, you know, being able to come from uh, a, a franchise, uh, you know, which is much similar to the Bengals in right now, it, it's a special thing when you start winning. And uh, that fan base starts getting the opportunity to flex out there, you know.
0: how do you, How does it turn around? Like the Bengals two years ago – were the worst team in football. They were atrocious defensively. Now you fast forward, now they have Burrow. Everybody says Burrow, and he's great. But but the defense held the Chiefs to three points in the second half both times they played. And the defense has made a ton of plays. H- how does How does a group of guys, how does a team, how does it work where you go from being terrible in short order to being competitive at the top of the league?
2: Well, you know, a few different things, uh, you know, you can pin it on. And that is what you just started out with, with defense. Defense wins championships. This is true. But a guy like Joe Burrow, obviously, (laughs) taking the beating that he has taken uh, behind that line, uh, you know, which has struggled, is uh, another one of those components. Outside of that, then it's coaching. And those coaches seem to let these guys play and, you know, uh, uh, give them everything that that they they possibly can to help them. Um, You know, too many other times – it's just a management situation getting in the way. I mean, look at the Raiders, just a nightmare. Uh, and now they finally got rid of Mayock. Uh, we'll see what happens there and who they bring in. Um, but, uh, you know, you, there, there, there's just a few of those things that you can pin it on. And defense is the one. And I saw it firsthand in Tennessee at the last game, uh, before the Chiefs, uh, rather. Uh, and, um, you know, I was there with my son. He's a huge Joe Burrow fan. So I took him to the game. I live in Franklin, Nashville now. And, uh, it, it, it was just. Unbelievable to see that kid get the beating that he did, uh, but it was also impressive to see that Bengals uh, defense play the way they did to make the Titans look so bad. Uh, when you know they they deserve to be uh, as much as the, any of those teams in this game.
0: I mentioned that that you're uh, you're part of a group uh, with the new uh, with the new cannabis uh, cannabis company. Um, when you when you grew up, I remember you were in California. Then you moved to Utah back then Other way. <laughs> Utah to California my, my bad yeah. um, was it when as an athlete growing up weed was taboo was completely taboo was it in your household and where how you grew up as well
2: well, of course. I mean, I grew up Mormon, so uh, that's the whole Utah roots there. Born there, my family goes back to bodyguarding Joseph Smith. So <laughs> I got it heavily growing up that it wasn't something that you should be doing. Uh, but at the same time, it was quite interesting because we did have, you know, an old lady here, too, in the, the, the wards and the churches I'd go to uh, moving around a bunch that uh, you'd hear these stories of this lady's got glaucoma and she can use the marijuana, you know. Uh, so it, it's been a an, uh, night and day transition for me can't say enough about it, which is why we're starting companies and getting in it and putting our names on it, because, you know, it's important. It's important for our community and it's important for uh, the world and that we wake up to the opportunity in cannabis to deal with illness and injury. Uh, you know, the number one regulatory system in the human body, as it turns out, is the endogenous cannabinoid system. And I doubt anyone's ever heard that from their doctor. And uh, that's unfortunate. I've had the opportunity to speak to NFL uh, in great detail detail about this, uh, which is why they've seen the changes you've seen, but they still are taking the snail's pace at it and uh, have refused to allow me the opportunity to fully uh, work with the team. I've offered studies to them over and over again to get me into a training camp to prove to them and show them what I've been able to experience with curing neuropathy, plantar fasciitis pain, and all these other inflammation issues that you can cure. Not just deal with and manage with these poisonous opiates that they keep killing people with, but cure and when it gets down to the science of it and you learn about why that is, then it really makes you uh, more curious to go into you know finding out. And it's led me to being, you know, developing companies and then rallying guys like Jim McMahon and Evan Britton along with us that uh, have had this same experience. You know, uh, we've truly gotten our lives back and recovered our lives uh, uh, so that we don't end up like these statistics out here in our community.
0: Why do you think they're, they're still keeping you and keeping the industry at arm's distance?
2: Well, I I can only go to what I see, right? What I see every time I turn on this TV is just an unbelievable uh, disgrace going on where these pharmaceutical companies that have killed millions of Americans, millions, you talk about COVID, everybody's wearing a mask, all these things, and we got all this controversy and they pit everybody against each other through this whole thing to act like they really care about us. When you continue to turn on the TV right now and turn the channel to another radio station or when you guys go to break, how many pharmaceutical companies are allowed the opportunity to just spew misinformation over and again about the ability that their drugs have to help people versus the millions and millions of people that have died in our communities because of them. I have not taken one opiate in over eight years. I have plates and screws, bone-on-bone in every joint, all these issues. I wanted to chop my legs off at the knees, my legs hurt so bad down into my feet with neuropathy uh uh, no offense to any service members who've had that happen but the pain was real and it's gone to having no more issues of vertigo or seizures put me in and out of the hospital and i'm on a 20 year plus marriage Uh, these are statistics that don't exist for guys like me in our community and this is why i do what i do
0: Kyle Turley joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, a uh, first-team All-Pro. Of course, uh, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl here, Super Week, and uh, we're talking about uh, the cannabis industry, and as it slowly kind of integrates into sports instead of, of opioids. It's, it's, it's a fascinating—my dad, my late father passed away uh, uh, almost seven years ago, and I remember he had cancer. And I remember sitting down with him at some point in time, and he was like one of these, like, I don't even need to, I need to take Advil. Like dad, your cancer spread to your brain. Like take whatever, and I, so I, I had to have a conversation with my old man, and he's an old basketball coach. And I was like, you know, have you guys thought about medical marijuana, like you, just to, to help the pain? And he said, like, Cal, he said, you mean reefer? Like I'm not smoking <laughs> any. I'm like, N- yeah, yes, I mean yeah, yeah, re- reefer. Re- re- yeah. reefer. It is, but it, it's a, it's an, it's it's amazing. Uh, mind, I'll leave the I'll leave the the four letters after it, right? But it's we've kind of all been mind, you know what, for a long yep. time to think that this is th- that that this is going to hurt us. Now, now there is the, and I I will the the one thing that people do believe is that it'll make you lazy, right? You you smoke weed, you're going to yeah. eat too much because you got the munchies, yeah. and you're going to be lazy. Um, what would your pushback be on the, I don't want, we don't want professional athletes, one, influencing children, two, getting lazy, and three, putting on weight?
2: I've started three multimillion-dollar companies since being diagnosed with stage two progressive dementia. I'm a 20-year-plus uh, married man with a very involved life of dealing with two middle school children. <laughs> I don't know what y'all want outside of the fact that the science is the science. You know, right. at the end of the day, the science is there. It's the endogenous cannabinoid system. There's over 300-plus strains in cannabis. If you want to sit on the couch and do nothing, you should be allowed to do that. At that time, and that's taking place, your body's healing, as, it, <laughs> as the science would tell you. Uh, if you want to get up and get your life back like you've never thought possible then you should go and find the strains that allow you to do that i found those it took me about a year to two years of being involved in the cannabis program in california and the medical uh, program back in prop 215 days and now it's fully recreational and that's why we're out here doing what we're doing because we have that opportunity to give people these resolutions that have happened to us in our lives that have kept us free from opiates Moving in life like nobody's business, and going and continuing to come back to Super Bowls here at these retired player events, walking proud and tall, in shape, looking good, and everybody sitting there telling you, "Man, you look amazing!" Oh wow, what are you doing? And when we look at our community, and Jim McMahon has to go back to the Bears' eighty-five reunions and watch guy after guy after guy not there anymore from dying of these ridiculous diseases that your dad didn't have to die from, uh, to dealing with. This cte disease that is decimating our community and we see it clearly and we're the guys standing around in the room going man why won't these people just listen why won't they just you know talk to your doctor if you want ask him about the endogenous cannabinoid system and why he's not talking to you about it and then you'll start to understand what this is all about it's about money And so, you know, give it to us. Buy our products. Get this experience in cannabis so that we can continue to help do good things, like build our Revenant house, uh, which we're going to open up next year, and we're going to start recovering this community like nobody has ever seen before. And I'll continue to keep proving it.
0: Kyle, great stuff, man. Um, How can people find out more about Revenant?
2: dot well, revenantmj.com, and, uh, you know, go out there, neuroxpf.com is uh, my CBD company. Um, follow us along wherever you're at. We're going to continue to spread this message. It's going to go across this country as fast as it's already happened in California. And, um, you know, um, we're here to stay. It's not going anywhere, and we're saving lives, which uh, everybody should want to see happen. And now the science is coming out finally more and more, but it's still just the tip of the iceberg.
0: Kyle, we really appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much for being our guest on Fox News Thank
2: Fox Radio. you. I appreciate y'all. Thank you alright That's uh, Kyle Turley,
0: former All-Pro and, of course, uh, uh, a big advocate for the cannabis industry. I'll give you the three best places to visit while you're in L.A. Just three? <laughs> That's upcoming next. Be sure to catch the
2: live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three time Pro Bowler LeVar Harrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up on Game. What is Up on Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada Zada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up on Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Zada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Check out the latest lines of world of sports at Better Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. you got to be 21, President of Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to a game. Game
1: time! This is
0: game time.
1: It's game time.
0: On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
1: Dan Byer, what's the game today, my friend? Doug, the game today. Oh, it's rank'em. It's rankham. The game today is is Rank, rank, em. rank em is ready for Super Bowl week. Doug, rank your top three all-time Rams. Mm. Yes, your favorite Rams of all time. My favorite Rams? Yes. My favorite Rams. Okay. Um.
0: Wow, that's a hard one. Uh. Whew. Whew. Okay, number three. Is going to be Tory Holt. Okay. Um, honestly, one, he's part of the greatest show on turf. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten to know him a little bit. He's an awesome guy. Just, I like him. He's friend a great of player. The show. He's yeah. a friend of the show. And I, 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 full disclosure, I'm putting him ahead of a guest we have later on, Eric Dickerson, who is more famous and was a better overall player. But I And I like Eric, It's but... I don't know, something about Tory and he just has this, he's one of those guys that just lights up a room. Tory Holt three. All right. Number two, Kurt Warner. Again, another guy I got a chance to know, play basketball at his house anytime I'm in, in Phoenix. And in the conversation of greatest from nothing to something stories in the history of any sport anywhere, right? Yes. Like, it wasn't like he was a star the whole time at Northern Iowa. And then he was literally working in a grocery store, right? Unloading boxes. They they should make a movie about this story. (laughs) But it's one of those, like, the script of the movie is a real story, and it still doesn't seem possible and believable. And it was. Number one is Marshall Falk. All right. He's in the conversation, the ten best football players I've ever seen in my life. Marshall Falk.
1: I, I love how the guy whose house you go over to is second. Like, I thought that that would be an automatic number one. Like, like, Again,
0: yeah, but, uh, but Marshall's yeah. Marshall, the same type of—all three of those guys, great energy yeah. guys, just good dudes. I just feel like Marshall Falk changed the position, and he's, um, he's just amazing. I, Marshall Falk being number one.
1: All right, Doug, rank the three best things about the Super Bowl being a home game for you and us here. Uh, what are the advantages for for the week of the Super Bowl being in your backyard for yourself?
0: Sleeping in your own bed is yeah. definitely, like, you don't have yep. to do the travel thing, right? And then, you know, you get late in the week when all the parties start, and you don't have to, like, oh, what do I got that's clean? No oh, laundry, you know? yeah. Um, uh, so, sleeping in your own bed, uh, not not having a long list of, like, reimbursements. You know, I'm terrible at <laughs> that. Reports. Expense reports. No expense <laughs> reports. Or the expense report's going to be, you know, coffee and parking. Really, that's it. You know, and maybe maybe if I can get a little, sticking a little mileage in there. That, that that doesn't hurt either. So, uh, expense reports. Um, and then, and this is what I'm torn by, because I can buy some tickets, but I feel like it's a good excuse to not go to the game. Okay? And, and I'll, or, or excuse me, it feel like it's a good excuse to go to the game. And here's why. Normally, if you're going to go to the game, like you're going to take, like take my son, you got to fly him out there. You got to figure out what you're going to do with him when you go to, if you're going to go to a party or whatever. Or if you're gonna go see friends for a drink, and then you have just it's it's double the expenses, and then double the the time. Whereas now you're like, we can just you just go. So there's, so it's the idea of, of going to the game, though it's crazy expensive because it's L. A. and it's the Super Bowl. It's actually not as expensive because there's not the outlay of of the money for everything else.
1: So on Friday when you were out, Doug. We uh, tried to give a tour guide list of things to do in Southern California if you were to come to, to town. Mm-hmm. What are the three must-see places when traveling to L.A.? Got to go to the beach. Beach. Got to go to the beach. Got to hear the...
0: Shh. Shh. Mm-hmm. Shh. Just makes you feel better as a person, right? Oh. Shh. Uh, we got to go to the beach. Um. I kind of think you got to go uh to uh the Griffith Observatory especially it's been okay. really
1: clear. I think that Jay Stu offered that. It's amazing. In his 8-minute diatribe last week.
0: Um and then <laughs> uh I would say like skid row to see the homeless but you can't oh, drive anywhere to geez, see the homeless come I mean on. that's really I mean don't you have to see Wait, a, Don't you have to see a car chase I, at some point?
1: Well, you were out but we all had on our list uh Bundy uh and, oh, uh, and, uh, and OJ yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, It feels like a long time ago, though. Oh, it definitely is. There's a long time ago.
1: Uh, What else is the most uniquely um, Olivero Street? I really like Olivero Street. John Ramos had uh, uh, the Chinese Theater. That was last on my list. That would be the last thing. That Hollywood Boulevard is awful.
0: Hollywood Boulevard is to L.A. what Midtown is to Manhattan, right? Yes, yes, very much so. You only go there if you're a tourist. Yes. No one else actually goes there. Only go there. I mean, look, if you can see a show at the Hollywood Bowl or a show at the Greek, Mm -hmm. you know, these outdoor outdoor theaters, they're amazing. If you go see a Laker game, it's amazing. We kind of have some
1: things going on here. Yeah, we do. You know, that's game time game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Game time
0: brought to you by Hustler Turf. Did I read the Hustler Turf read? Do we know? Now, game time brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand lawn care professionals. have for trusted, uh, the most trusted for years, zero turn premium lawnmowers, HustlerTurf.com. Brian Flores, Camp Response. That's next on the Doug Gottlieb Show.